Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to the Get Your Bell Wrong Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On tonight's show, we will dig into what the future might hold for each team in the AFC South. Kevin, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I don't know if I mentioned to you this week that I'm having a problem with my eye. You, you haven't not mentioned <laughs> your eye. That's The status hasn't changed, buddy. For anyone who is listening on Spotify or wherever, it means nothing to you. But he swears something's wrong with his eye and he's fine. Well, that's not true because Saturday watching Thor, my daughter's the bill of her hat slammed in my eye straight into it. And every day since it's getting more swollen and purple. It's all red underneath. And I have been, I've been having to open it like this in the morning because there's so much gunk. So I look a little off kilter here. I could resemble a pirate. I should get a patch then. But if I'm afraid if I do that, I'll reach the pinnacle of my life and it'll be nowhere but downhill. So I, I'm trying to resist that. If, if you do become a pirate, that will be the pinnacle of your life. And you should strive for it. So good, I, I, I think said. you should go for it. I know. Who I think you should go for it. be a pirate? Shortstop for the New York Yankees, pirate. My two dream jobs. All right. So I'm wondering if maybe number three for you would be answering this question that we had from a listener. Of the free agents available, since this <laughs> is a football podcast, who do you think could have a fantasy impact this year? And since I know already that you have no idea about this question, I'm going to go ahead and answer it first, and we'll Wait, get your takes when I'm done. Say it again. Say the first part. Right. Of the free agents still available, who could have a fantasy impact this year? I don't. I got so, to look up. I, the... Obviously, Kevin, and this is why I am here. So for me, receivers are the only route I'm taking here because the running backs are mostly old and decrepit. Um, pick Beckham. And and the receivers, they will have to go to a team with a legitimate quarterback. And so the team fits for any receiver we were to pick would mostly be the same, probably. Green Bay, Tampa Bay, if Godwin starts on the PUP, uh, Kansas City, etc. For me, you just mentioned OBJ, 44 catches last year, 537 yards and five touchdowns, not the greatest season. The thing that's interesting to me is that his yards per game, they were the same between the Browns and the Rams. The difference was he had all five of his touchdowns while playing in L.A. Now, he did tear his ACL in the Super Bowl, so we'll have to wait to see his impact. Uh, another guy I thought of was Will Fuller. Now, obviously, he's never once played a full season. It's a big joke in the NFL world, in the fantasy world, where he doesn't ever play a full season because he's always hurt. And I'm not sure it's a, if it's a joke if it's actually true. Uh, but he has always made an impact on the field. I know that in, in 11 games during 2020, he managed 879 yards, almost 17 yards a catch, and eight touchdowns. He was number two in fantasy points per target that year. Have you had a chance to think of anyone else or have some type of response to that? No, because I just learned the question. 
so I didn't have a chance really. I looked at a list here. Will Fuller is dead to me because I got him at a pretty good deal last year thinking he was going to do something and he just took a big giant crap on me. So he's dead to me. He's not quite in he who should not be named territory who will be speaking of well not speaking of later um no but i i I think anybody would think it'd be beckham where is he going to go uh will he only play eight games ten games when is he going to be ready he says he'll be ready and dominating in week one but that's just him running his mouth that's his usual routine but i can't really imagine anybody off the top of my head who, who who could be ahead of him will fuller won't do anything he's trash does Cole Beasley, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Julio Jones, as much as as much as I want him to be great, uh, he just – I don't think he has it anymore. Any of those names do anything for you? No, because they, they're all guys that are past their peak. They're, they have low floors and low ceilings. I'm not saying some might not – that they wouldn't contribute, but I can't really imagine any of them blowing up in any way, shape, or form unless there's just some – a team just gets decimated with injuries. But even then, none of those guys are a number one, maybe even a number two receiver anymore. And the running backs, we're talking Justin Jackson, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Booker, David Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Lat Murray. I mean, nothing, right? Did you see that Bell came out last week and finally admitted he made a horrible, horrible judgment error with his whole debacle with the Steelers? It was refreshing to see somebody actually admit a few years later that, yeah, I probably didn't handle that right. Well, uh, for sure. If that only because it so rarely happens. Um, But yes, it is nice for someone to own up to a mistake that they made. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't, I don't trust most of those guys. If they were going to have any impact whatsoever, whatsoever, they'd already be on a team. Probably, I really think Will Fuller, maybe not in fantasy, but in real life could have uh, uh, an impact. But besides that, I think if a team who maybe has an injury or their offensive line doesn't pan out, someone like Jason Peters is still out there, Dwayne Brown, uh, center J.C. Treader, a team could sign one of those veterans and improve their offensive line, that could make an impact. Yeah, but I thought you were talking from a straight fantasy standpoint. Well, correct. This is sort of like a outside the box type deal where you know if I, I so don't you know, change the I, question mid mid answer. Correct, correct. I'm just thinking. I'm, I I just looked at the list of freezes available, and I thought, you know what? If someone has a terrible offensive line, they sign Jason Peters. Well, all of a sudden, they might the quarterback might get a little more time to throw the ball. The running back might get some more open lanes. So, okay. you know, outside the box thinking here, those offensive linemen could pay dividends in the fantasy world, but obviously they're not the first guys we think of um, off the top of our heads. No, no, no. Did you see today uh, the Ronald Jones is expected to maybe not make the KC final roster? According to one I know. guy. I'm not I know, buying but that. He seems Ronald Jones – it seems crazy to me a, because they, they need some depth correct. at that position. Yeah, he, and, he's really falling from grace. He looked like he's going to be a beast I, three years ago. Right. And I agree with that. And if I had to pick one guy to be this year's James Connor, 
the one who nobody sees coming and ends up scoring 15 rushing touchdowns or whatever James Conner did that was ridiculous is Ronald Jones because he is in a Kansas City offense and he, he might get 40 carries inside the five if that offense can move the ball and, you know, do what they normally do. And he could get those touchdowns. And I'm not saying he's going to get a thousand yards rushing, but he might just fall into the end zone 15 times. I hope so I love I to, that they sign him. I love that signing. I was, yeah, I was surprised when it comes out. He's my pick for this. If there is a this year, James Conner, Ronald Jones is my pick for that. I think he's definitely making the team. Look, these beat writers, they – They're right they a lot, reasons. but they also embellish things sometimes. They want clicks, but right. they're right a lot. I know. They Depending on the team, the I know the San Francisco 49ers are notorious. Their beat writers are notorious for getting it wrong. But I, honestly, I'm a lot higher on um, Ronald Jones than most, and I think he definitely has a shot of doing something this year. I'm not saying he's going to be – you know, an RB1, okay. well, RB2. Then, then but before, okay. Well, then before we get started, one more quick question. Your thought on what is likely the most bloated, ridiculous contract in recent years, Mr. Kyler Murray's five-year, $230 million extension, I think $160 million guaranteed for a whiny little diva. My problem with this contract is my problem with every – quarterback contract that comes out is that when you have that big name guy sign that big contract, you don't win Super Bowls. That's my problem with it. I I don't care who you pay. You can pay him whatever you want, whenever you want. It doesn't matter as long as you win. But history has shown us that when you pay that quarterback and a ridiculous amount of money, you're, you can't pay to build your team around it. You can't pay to sign the defensive lineman you need. You can't pay to get that safety that you need to anchor your secondary. You just can't do it. So that's the problem. Arizona just signed their way into not winning a Super Bowl. And look, that's fine with me. I'm not an Arizona fan. If I was, right. I'd be really upset about it. But my, my thought on it with it him is, is- – Typically, we give those contracts to, you know, badass quarterbacks that have won something or are winning. What, what if, what's he done so far? What's he done? He did to good really in college. Earn that. What's that have to do with it? I just, I don't, I don't understand why you give him that much. It just seems crazy. He said they're going to handcuff themselves for a year and they're already not really winning. So now you just win less. Very odd. You know, has you know who's paying the – they have the, the highest price tag on their quarterback and wide receiver one? It's Arizona with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And guess what? Your boy Hopkins didn't, pay, didn't play in the first six weeks. No, he's not. And he didn't look exactly mm-hmm. stellar last year in the first place. Sure didn't. Yeah, interesting. All right, sir. You, you, ready, you ready to dip into this, this AFC South? Let's dip. All right, sir. Let's, the, the Houston Texans, this Why won't take long. call me sir? That's a great question. I'm I'm unsure about that. I'll try not to. Fair enough. The Houston Texans are 
arguably the worst team in the league. They were four and 13 last year. They have plus 25,000 odds of winning the Mm. title this year. They were 27th or worst in most team rankings, both offensively and defensively uh, last year. They did a, they did have a great draft day. Give them that. They added five, possibly six starters on their team. Now, granted, it's easier to do when you're terrible, but Kenyon Green, John Mechie, Damian Pierce, Christian Harris, Jalen Petrie, and Derek Stingley. Dude, that was a solid, solid draft they have. Plus, they have a new head coach, Levy Smith, and offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton. People are sort of 50-50 on, on Hamilton, how they feel about him. But, look, it's a, it's a new-look Texans, and with that draft, I think you got to feel a little better about them. I think that they'll be a decent team in three years, yeah. But when I look at their skill players, top to bottom, I don't know that there's a worse fantasy team in all of football. I just there's there's not a single guy on this team. Even Brandon Cooks, the the best nomad of the NFL. Why this guy can't stick on a team? There's some we don't know, but I agree. other than him, there's just nothing here. Nothing. Davis Mills. I mean, I I, I don't. I know we're going to get more into the players here in a little bit by group, but. Sweet Lord, boy, did they, the, whoever, whichever of those guys has been running the team for years, boy, did they screw this up because they were solid for a while. Uh, they were for sure. I, and I'll be honest, I love Cooks. But before we get there, I want to talk about the Colts as a team, as a whole. Uh, they added Matt Ryan. They added Alec Pierce in the draft. They added Stefan Gilmore via free agency. They missed the playoffs last year because they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 18. Let me. They didn't the lose. Colts, they got annihilated. Just, just listen, dude. The Colts finished nine and eight, but they had a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. I would love. I should have done. I didn't think about this, but I should have done a little more research or. Maybe I couldn't even even found the answer, but I would love to know, has there ever been a team with a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense that did not even make the playoffs? Now, I get their their number two rushing offense helped carry them to a top 10 ranking, but I think Matt Ryan will improve their offense through the air. And the Colts are currently plus 2,200 to win the Super Bowl, which are the same odds as the Bengals, who were last year's AFC champion. Um, it's tough not to like the Colts this year. Um, I guess. I think they'll win their division, but other than that, I don't really expect a whole lot out of them. I wouldn't put any money on with those odds. I don't. I think there's very little chance, but they should be improved. They should be improved. So, if I was going to put money on them, I'd like the odds to be better, but the fact that the odds aren't better, I think show – at least a little bit what the public thinks as far as how the Colts are going to do this year. I guess we'll find out when they start playing. They should win their division, so they've got a – they should have an easy ticket into the playoffs. Well, one team that's not going to find an easy path to the playoffs are the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've had the number one pick two years in a row. So, except for your Kevin Reynolds' bold prediction – of them making the playoffs, no one outside of Duval County really has very high expectations for the team. 
They won three games last year. They had the lowest scoring offense in the league combined with a 28th ranked defense. Not a big recipe for success. Um, they also play the AFC West this year. Uh, everyone in their division does. So good luck with those four games. Not big expectations for the Jaguars, except for you, obviously, since your bold prediction was for them to make it. Well, first of all, that was a bold prediction. <laughs> Second of all, it was actually Sir Jason Camler's, and I just relayed it out here because I thought it was a pretty good one. Uh, hey, you're the only one on this podcast. Too. They've got a lot of skilled players. Uh, you know, they could surprise some people to see how Trittles, how they do with a real coach. Well, maybe they'll surprise it. If, if you're going to pick a division for one of those worst to first things to happen, this is, this is the one. And I'm glad you brought that up because if you're going to pick one to go first to worst, it might be the Tennessee Titans. Just might. As they were the number one seed, not just in the AFC South, but in the yep. AFC heading into the playoffs, which honestly was very impressive since they lost Derrick Henry, the focal point of the whole team in week eight. They went six and three after Henry went down, which I personally think is a testament of how good of a coach Mike Vrabel is. Um, that being said, there have been a few changes past offseason. I can't imagine Tennessee uh, seeing the same amount of success this year, mostly because they traded away their star wide receiver, A.J. Brown. They drafted Traylon Burks as his replacement. They signed Robert Woods to fill some gaps. But personally, I don't know that that will be enough. They finished last year with PFF's 16th-ranked offensive line, and they're starting this year with the 27th-ranked offensive line not great they always overachieve so we'll see what kind of rabbits uh that Vrabel can pull out of a hat but I'm not feeling real great about them you no I don't feel great about them at all I didn't feel great about them last year either though and they surprised us but and you're feeling that Derrick Henry is going to fall off a cliff this year aren't you I'm flip-flopping it's it's tough because I want I don't want to believe in him. However, is he and we'll talk about this in a, in, in a few minutes when we get there, but is he the Tom Brady of running backs? And I don't mean the, you know, Super Bowl winning blah blah blah, but is he the guy that breaks all of the molds where when you get to a certain age you can't rush anymore. When you have a certain amount of carries, you can't rush anymore. He's he's kind of showing it, showing us that he might be that guy. Well, we, you and I have been saying this for a year. He's a freak I, of nature. It's he really is It's one injury. And then you bailed on the guy, like in a heartbeat, like jumping off the side of the ship. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was the highest point getter in fantasy last year until he hurt his foot on a freak, freak injury. Always for a game. He still is. Yeah, so I, I was really surprised when you bailed on him so quickly and act like I was crazy. It was just stat after stat. You're trying to get how much he sucks now. So for you to sit here and pull a John Kerry on me and flip-flopping all over the place, I don't know what to say to that. I like that you're coming around. Maybe someday you'll become a Ravens fan. I'd like you to come around there. We'd love to see you in the purple and black. So maybe there's, maybe there's hope for you. Maybe. I can, I can promise you I'll never wear purple and black. But one thing I will say, and I see this on Twitter all the time, 
is when you are willing to come around on a play or something as far as fantasy goes, that shows growth as an analyst because sometimes you look at certain things and you see it one way and then you realize, well, you know what, maybe I didn't see it quite right or maybe there are other things I'm looking at now that change that. There are too many people that, oh, this is, you said this and that, well, guess what? I'm growing, right? And and you know what? Now, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be the number one running back in all of the land. He, I don't he doesn't catch passes. And I think that's something that you, for the most part, need to do uh, in order to get that. Now, when I say he doesn't catch passes, I mean, that dude really doesn't catch passes. But I'm seeing things, I'm reading things, I'm learning things, and I'm coming right. He's my, I think he's my sixth ranked player overall. I'd have to look it up. Um, but he, he wasn't, he was like my 10th or 11th ranked player a few weeks ago. So I am coming around. Yeah. That was very deep, very deep psychoanalytic. I like that, Bobby. I like that. It's nice to see that you are growing, you're maturing. I'm opening up. I'm opening up to you. I'm opening up to our listeners. Anyone watching the video? Got to do what you got to do. I'm opening up. Now all you need to do is learn a little empathy. So when your friend's having such a horrible eye issue, you can give a little bit of positive feedback instead of just making fun of the situation. So the first quarterback we're going to cover is Davis Mills, a quarterback <laughs> for the Houston Texans. Look, man, I don't know if Davis Mills is the guy. <laughs> I know your eye is not the guy, but Houston is ready to find out what they have in this man. He looked really good at times last year as a rookie. I'll give you some positives. 67% completion percentage. He was middle of the pack on touchdown percentage. That's pretty good as a rookie. Fourth and deep ball percentage. And he finishes a QB one in fantasy four times. That's not terrible. Some negatives were basically everything else. <laughs> Very low yards per attempt, low yards per game, QBR of 36. Is it great? He finished outside of a QB2 seven times. Now, he also hasn't had much of a supporting cast. This year kind of looks like more of the same. He did, however, kinda. throw for over three. Well, listen, he threw for over 300 yards four times and once was against the New England Patriots. He had 312 and three touchdowns. If you can do that against the Patriots, you got some stuff in you, my friend. I guess. Um, I think certain times you, those numbers are just misleading because when you're down 31 to 7 midway through the third quarter, you're obviously throwing a lot. I, I would bet some of those 300-yard games, he had 100 yards at halftime, then the third for 225 in the second half. I don't think he's a hard quarter. I think what we're going to find this year, and maybe they'll give him one more year, is he's going to be a guy that's going to be around the league for a long time holding a clipboard. A guy that they'll rely on, if you don't rely on, that he can come in and play whenever they, they have an injury, whenever they have a need. But I just – I can't – it's hard for me to imagine him being long-term being an answer at quarterback. But maybe. He's fun to watch. I'll, I'll admit that. He's fun to watch. The final score of the New England game was 25-22. to 22. Nice. And, and the Texans, actually, the Patriots had to come back to win that. The, the Texans were leading 22-15 to 15 going in the fourth quarter. Very good. That, that didn't happen a whole lot. I thought they – what, they won four games last year? Uh, I think that, that, that feels right. Yeah, I think they overachieved. You and I talked about how they had a lot of close games, games that 
they were at least in it. Um, I think them getting rid of Cauley was a mistake. I thought he did really well with what it, what it amounted to, like a triple A AAA roster. And players loved him. And what do you do? You make him the scapegoat. Uh, that was odd. Honestly, that was very yeah, was odd very. to me. But man, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about Davis Mills. He's not going to be on any of my teams. He's well, not going. Uh, I'm not going to play him in the once and done league. I'm not going to do that. That's just not happening. If if I was in a QB, if I was in a superflex league, I wouldn't hate having him. If I if I waited on quarterback, I'd be okay with him as my late QB two, but I prefer him be my QB three. Okay, there you go. A guy I would not hate having as my QB two is Matt Ryan. After 14 seasons, Matt Ryan is out of Atlanta. He is into Indianapolis. Along with his 10 seasons of over 4,000 yards passing, he has nine seasons of over 25 touchdown passes. Um, I really like this fit for, for Matt Ryan. He's obviously older, and although he helped carry Atlanta's offense for basically a decade and a half, he has one of the best running games in the NFL to lean on now, and he doesn't have to be the guy. When he does throw, he has big targets to throw to. Michael Pittman, rookie Alex Pierce, they're both over 6'3". Uh, mix that with the running game, and they're going to abuse the play-action pass, which uh, they should have a lot of success doing. Add into that the narrative that Matt Ryan was also number three in deep pass percentage and number four in pressured completion percentage, which he has a better offensive line now, you would think. So, dude, that's a recipe for a good offense to probably be pretty great. Well, I, I don't I don't know if I agree with that pretty great part. Mm, but I, do. I think he'll obviously he's a step up from Prince Harry. No doubt about that. Uh so they yeah. will hold on. They were the number nine offense last year with, as you said, Prince Harry, Carson Wentz. So if you think they'll be better than nine, you don't think that's a great offense? Not necessarily. Not not exciting from a fantasy standpoint, except for one guy. I mean, I'll take me some JT all day long, but Matt Ryan, I wouldn't mind having as a backup. Uh, Pittman, I wouldn't mind. I, I mean, I'd take any of these guys. I just, I'm not, they're, none of these guys are the people I'm going to anchor my fantasy squad around. It's the Colts. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I, I am very excited we start talking about wide receivers because I am very high on Michael Pittman, but we'll keep rolling with these quarterbacks. We'll go, we'll move on to Trevor Lawrence, the most coveted college prospect and then the most coveted NFL prospect in recent memory finished the year with 3,600 passing yards, only 12 touchdowns. He was 32nd in the league in yards per attempt. Crazy because he only had a 60% completion percentage. So I don't know how you can be throwing the ball so short down the field and still have a low completion percentage. Um, I don't know. But uh, I will say no one had more drop passes than him, and no one has ever had a worse head coach in their first year of pro football, which is something to say because Adam Gase and Hugh Jackson were also head coaches uh, for a few years in recent memory. He does get his running back from college, Travis Etienne, back from injury. He's got a new wide receiver one in Christian Kirk. Granted, Kirk's not the ideal wide receiver one. For an NFL team, he is better than anything he had last year. But I think most importantly, Doug Peterson, the guy who won a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, is running the show now yes. in Jacksonville. Right. 
And look, it, it can't be anything but better news for Trevor Lawrence. And oh, yeah. listen, keep, keep in mind, Peyton Manning set the record for interceptions in the season his rookie year and made it to the Pro Bowl the year after. Well, not only that, saying, they went from what, 3-13 and 13 to 13-3 thirteen and three in one year. It was something wild. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it was three and thirteen to thirteen and three. They flip flopped it. Um, you played him last year in the once and done in a week that he did really well. Do you remember who it was against? Um, I do not, but I can tell you. Oh, well, it had to be week one because he was only good the first week and the last week. Yeah, but I, um, I thought it was somewhere in between where he had a not a great game, but a pretty decent game, like maybe against Miami or something where he had three hundred nineteen yards. I don't know. But, I remember when you did, I thought you were nuts, but he ended up having a pretty decent week. So it's, a, I, it's I, there. I mean, the skill's there. Real quick, I can tell you that uh, you were right on Peyton Manning. I looked it up, 3-13 and 13 to 13-3. and three. Yeah. That was accurate. Cool. Um, but week, week one, Lawrence went 3-32-3. and three. He also had three picks. Um, but other than that, the only good game would have been the last week of the year where he went 2-23-2. and two. Yeah. I don't know. You played him in there somewhere, but it, it was a shrewd move, I thought. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to pick one of these quarterbacks that I had actually won on my team, both for this year and the future, it's Lawrence. I think he has the highest ceiling, maybe not the highest floor, but the highest ceiling of them. And if it's a, obviously, if it's any type of dynasty whatsoever, then he's clearly the guy I want. You're talking about between him and who? Him and all the other quarterbacks in this division. Matt Ryan and Davis. Oh, everyone. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's tough to argue that because Davis Mills were, I mean, he had a much lower draft pedigree. You know, he's not the prospect that Lawrence, you, you expect Lawrence to be Matt Ryan's really old. And the sex guy, Ryan Tannehill, he's been in the league for a while. And that team last year was as dysfunctional as dysfunctional gets. It was like the 80s Yankees meets the current Redskins, whatever, Commanders, whatever, football team, whatever, call them these days, meets some meth head on the street. It was freaking crazy. This dude had not even a remote chance of success. Nobody on that team did. And the dude was just thrown to the wolves. So let's see what he can do with a real coach. If, if he can't do with Peterson, who quarterback whisperer, then maybe he just isn't going to cut it in the NFL. But, man, we got to give this guy a, a an actual real coach and a, lit, a legit shot now. It's almost like he's sort of starting over. Last year was just red shirt. Uh, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, and then the last quarterback that we want to cover is Ryan Tannehill. And this is crazy. Last year he was quarterback 12 in fantasy. The year before he was quarterback 7. Although he missed some games in 2019, he was still quarterback 10 in points per game. He is the, the exact mirror of his own team where he's always outperforming his expectations. Um, he completed 67% of his passes a year ago. He, he only had seven yards per attempt and was 30th in deep ball percentage. But there's no need to throw it deep when you have A.J. Brown, who's a yards after the catch specialist, you know, on the team. But I will say Tannehill does have a few things going for him. He's had around 270 yards rushing and seven rushing touchdowns in back-to-back years. So, obviously, the the legs help him in that category. Um, 
And they also play in a division with the aforementioned Houston Texans and Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. And that should help them pile up some points. Unfortunately, one of your biggest selling points there has gone bye-bye to the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm, correct. So that's not going to exactly help. He's getting a little older. He's not always, what, 32? He's just one of those guys. Ish. He always seems to perform well. Uh, nobody, it's, it's like Cousins just gets no respect. He does well. But any given week, I don't want to trust him. You and I won a once-and-done league. Remember, we played him in week 18 or week 17 at the time since there wasn't the extra game. Because we love the guy. We we were, we were sort of almost saying, like, you know what? We got rid of all these guys. So we're playing Tannehill in the final week. And he freaking blew up for us. He got us, like, 31 points or something. Um, yeah, he's, he's just guy, I don't, I don't not trust him. And that's the thing. But he's a, he, gets, he, he should be a QB1. But does any there's nobody even 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 in my league with 16 teams, nobody starts him on a weekly basis. They should probably, but they don't. It's tough. It's tough because you don't know when he's going to get those those big points. You know, he's historically he's the the Mike Evans, the Mike Williams. At the end of the year, it's going to look good. You just don't know how it looks week to week. Right. Yeah. So. Love to have him on my team. Just can't start him every week. Hear you. I hear you. Running back position. Let's do it. Houston Texans, they got Rex Burkhead, Marlon Mack, Damon Pierce. This is the worst backfield in the NFL. It makes and you want to none. start. Yeah, like have, like have a little throw up in your, in your mouth. Like, none of them what should be the looked world? at as fantasy contributors at the start of the season. If you're, talk, if you're taking a late flyer in drafts, Personally, I'm probably going to go with Damian Pierce simply because he's a devil I don't know. Yeah. Right? He's a, he's a rookie, and we don't know what we have yet. We know that Burkhead is a jack-of-all-trades, a master he of is. none. Right? He can get you a lot of points if he gets a whole lot of volume, but we don't know if that's going to happen. We know Marlon Mack has rushed for 1,000 yards before, but he's still working his way back from Achilles from like two yeah. years ago, and that thing derails careers. Look, if it's for me, I'm staying away from these guys. Yeah, I don't want any of them. Why would I? Right. I'm with you, especially in a, in, in a redraft league. I don't want them. Maybe in a dynasty, give Pierce a shot if there's a place you Correct. can stash him. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is the I'm not touching. This. They're they're like the Patriots. You never know week to week which one of these guys is even going to play, or which guy is going to carry the load. You have no idea. So 100. I. I think Burkhead had what, like five touchdowns on the year, and three of them were in one game. Yeah. And I, I started him that game in like it was the fantasy playoffs last year. He huh. dropped like 28 points or something crazy. Yeah. And I was in a position where I didn't have anything else to do but start him. And I got lucky. Well, it works out, but you can't count on that, right? Correct. So, yeah, 100%. These guys, if you get them, more power to you. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, so that's easy. I, I like when we have about three minutes on a, on a position on a team, we move on and it's, we're probably going to find that here again for the exact opposite reason, because yep. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, what do you say about the dude? He led the league in rushing last year, over 1800 yards. He had 20 total touchdowns. He had five and a half yards of carry. He was top 10 in just about every important rushing category, including being number one in the ever important red zone touches. I mentioned this, uh, I think last episode, maybe or the episode before it 89 touches inside the 20. That is 
ridiculous. Dude, he was an RB1 12 different weeks, and half of those weeks he was a top three back. Yeah. He's a number one pick in fantasy drafts. I know some guys are taking Christian McCaffrey. I get it. If you want to do that and gamble, I'm not a big gambling man with a number one pick. Give me JT. Yeah, he, he's the guy. Uh, he doesn't whine. Yet at the same time, you know he wants to ball on every single play. He's just the man. There's not really a whole lot more we can say about the guy. If, if he's not going one or two in your league, then you be in that league. I in want in the league, and you should be winning it. I won in the league. If he's if he doesn't go one or two, then immediately yes. put me in that league, and I'm drafting third. I'll Absolutely. pay whatever it is because we I'll love double. Donators. Donators are the greatest thing about fantasy sports. And then I think there was like three different games last year where both he and Hines had like 20, 20 points each because yeah, Hines, Hines plays so much. He'll rack up seven receptions yeah. for 85 yards and somehow gets two touchdowns on top of what Taylor did. Imagine what Taylor would do if he got all Hines points or even half of them. We'd be talking no. about Tomlinson type years. And, and, right. And he's not, um, he's not the handcuff. To Taylor. Now I'll take Hines late because Matt Ryan likes to check down to the running back and all that. If I'm in the double digit rounds, you know, my, my running backs feel strong. I'll, I don't mind taking a flyer on Hines <clears throat> simply because of, like I said, Matt Ryan being a check down guy and, you know, in the game they, may, they may want to rest Taylor, but yeah. he's not the, he's not the handcuff. There not really the is a handcuff, handcuff, but he's in the right. game a lot. He's going to get, in my league of record, you know, 16 team, he he starts in a lot of weeks because it's so thin at running back. Right. This this is right. a guy you can throw in there because with between running backs, extra flexes, any given week, this guy's in somebody's lineup. Well, the guy, the team he's on, obviously. Right. And um, as far as ja- the Jacksonville Jaguars go, they really only have one guy that's probably going to be in a fantasy lineup every single week, and that's Travis Etienne. Uh, they're running backs. Obviously, they, you know, they also have James Robinson. And I'll start with Robinson first because, you know, as productive as he's been, he just he's coming, he's trying to come back from a torn Achilles that he suffered in December. And look, most backs, Cam Akers notwithstanding, it, they take a full year to come back from, if not more. And when they do, they're not as explosive. So Robinson, I, look, I'm I'm waiting a long time for him. Not really worried about him right now in fantasy drafts, but for ETN, I was pretty out on him last year. And as for out on him as I was because of James Robinson, I'm that in on him this year. I was not a fan of his declining production in college or his 686 career touches at Clemson, but he was hurt in last year's preseason. He's had plenty of time to recover, plenty of time to rest his body, and he has no competition for touches. And that's the number one thing for me. Robinson is probably going to be out. Um, you know, fifth round Snoop Connor. I'm not worried about him stealing touches from Travis Etienne. And he already has the chemistry he needs with Trevor Lawrence. They, yep. He yes, his college quarterback, right? If Etienne gets off to a hot start, even if Robinson comes back, the Jaguars may have difficulty benching Etienne. And look, don't forget, the Jags are going to be playing catch up a lot. And Trevor Lawrence led the league in check down rate. Don't forget. They did sign Brandon Scherf in the offseason to bolster that offensive line. Dude, every single arrow I look at in terms of ETN is pointing up. Well, I call him Etienne. And I you know. may remember 
that he, one of my bold um, predictions, that he would lead the NFL in running back receptions. Everything you just said pretty much supports that. And so he he's the guy that I would go after. Uh, Robinson, yeah, might start the seasonal pup when he comes back. What is he really going to be capable of? That said, I've read things coming out there that when he comes back, they expect him to be some kind of a bell cow. But that just doesn't seem to make any freaking sense whatsoever. So, yeah, Etienne is definitely the guy to go after here. Right. But we got, we got one more running back to talk about, and that is Derrick Henry, the king. Dude was, dude was RB16 last year, and he only played in eight games. He was also 10th in carries, 9th in yards, 7th in touchdowns with 10. He played eight games. He was on pace for just shy of 2,000 yards rushing for the second year in a row and 21 rushing touchdowns. As for this year, he's got a lot of miles. He's got over 1,400 career rushes, plus a ton in college and in high school. But like I mentioned earlier, man, it's got a Tom Brady feel where he might be that unicorn where we just don't know, man. We just, we, we just don't know. I can't in good conscience rank a running back low in my rankings. Who's gotten over 20 carries a game three years in a row. I know he doesn't catch the ball, but his opportunity share negates that. He was second in juke rate and third in evaded tackles. He's a monster of a man. I don't know how he is able to choose. And, and on top of all his, that, he's faster than 98% of the corners in the geez, league. Makes no sense. His ADP is fourth overall. I'm okay with that. It's not where I have him. I, I think I, I said this earlier, I have his sixth overall. But, dude, I mean, what do you have? It's so rare when you go so flip-floppy, wishy-washy on a player so quickly. This is seriously John Terry-esque territory. Let me dig in, my friend. I'm, I'm, and I am dug in. I got my shovel. I'm ready to roll, bud. I like it. You know, I had him as my number four uh, ranked running back, so I, I think he's still going to do very well. I think he, he's one of those guys that until he proves to us that he is slowing down, he can't do it. It's hard to not back him because I really don't want to skip out on him and watch him do it on somebody else's team, especially in the championship game against me. He's not going to be RB1. He, no, he rushed for 2,000 yards two years ago. He was not RB1. Avocado no, even last year, he, he, up, he wasn't even playing half those fourth quarters. Right. They're so far ahead. He didn't have to play. He'd just be staying on the sideline. Guy in my league just was would be livid. And I'm like, well, you should be a little happy. They're saving him He'll, so he can get you 35 points again next week. So I, I'm not going to cry my beer for you, buddy. You got 34 points out of him this week. You know, I think you're going to pull through this. The guy's, he's just a beast. Like I said, until he really shows signs of slowing down, I can't go against him. All right, sir. You ready to dip in these these, uh, pass catchers? The last uh, position group we have? Sweet Jesus almighty. (laughs) This is an ugly bunch. (laughs) It's not a deep group, but there's a couple that are okay. Brandon yeah, Cooks, dude, listen, Brandon Cooks about, is what, 45 seconds? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Brandon Cooks is easily the most underappreciated and undervalued receiver in the NFL every single and year. And in fantasy. Six, yes, no matter what. Six of his eight seasons, 
He's had a thousand yards receiving. He's done it on four different teams. He never gets drafted high, and his fantasy finishes have been wide receiver 21 last year. Then it was wide receiver 15, wide receiver 13, 12, and wide receiver 8 in 2016. This past year, he had 12 games with at least six targets. And in all but three of those games, he had at least 56 yards receiving. He had 10 games where he finishes a top 24 receiving or receiver. The problem was that he had five games where he finished below the wide receiver 40 mark. That can kill you. You don't like that. But if he's your wide receiver, wide receiver three, it's great. You're loving life. The problem is right now he's going as wide receiver 22. I actually have him ranked as wide receiver 21. So I'm slightly above his ADP. But are you ready to get your bell rung? Uh, I, is that a rhetorical question? Um, yes. And yes. literal because Brandon Cooks has more receiving yards than Jerry Rice did when Jerry Rice was 28. No, it was a different game, though, so I can't, I can't really uh, get well, behind correct. that. But well, but we also I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, he's a very underappreciated dude. That's why he's been on four teams in what eight years. It's it's very odd. Yeah, he's going early sixth round. And I, if he played on another team, would he go a little higher? Probably. I want him in the sixth. I want honestly. If oh, I yeah, take him in the sixth. If I if I go wide receiver early and he's there in the fifth, I want him then too. Yeah, I, I, I it's, it's it's just odd with him, but let's move on for him and look at this other stellar player yeah, in wait, Houston. My one of our Hagerstown boys. Well, really, John Mechie, he's going to miss time. John John Mechie for the for the Texans is going to miss time. I know they. I think they traded up to get him in the second. I could be wrong. I, I think they, they did, traded yeah. up to get him. But he's coming back from a torn ACL one week before Jamison Williams, so he's going to miss some time. And I get that he is, you know, he's a he's a solid route runner and this and that. But I'll take a chance on Jamison Williams because of his draft capital, but not on John Mechie. Not for this year mm-hmm. dynasty. I'll be all over John Mechie, but him, Nico Collins. I'm not touching any of these guys. I don't even want him as my seventh receiver on my team. So we can skip them. Yeah, they're. Useless. I thought you said you wanted to talk about our guy from Maryland. No, I don't actually want to talk about. Him. I was being facetious. Oh well, I obviously didn't pick up on that. Maybe my eye is thing, throwing you off. One thing I do care about is my guy, Michael Pittman Jr. Dude, he is currently my wide receiver ten. That's just I. Man. I don't think I've seen anyone as high on him as me. I know uh, Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros is pretty high on him as well, but I don't think he's got him as wide receiver 10. Pittman is entering his third year in the league. He's coming off his first 1,000-yard season. He was last year's wide receiver 16. He more than doubled his targets, catches, and yards from year one to two, and I expect a bump in all of those categories again. He was fourth in route win rate, but he ranked 44th in yards per target. So this guy is getting open on short routes, which is great for a big man, but he wasn't getting the ball deep, which is not great for a big man. He now has a notoriously accurate passer throwing the ball, and his running mate, Alec Pierce, should threaten defenses way more than an aging T.Y. Hilton. I am so excited for Michael Pittman this year. Yeah, that makes one of us. 
Um, I think he'll be good. I wouldn't mind having my number two receiver. You may have seen a meme or not this week online. Somebody on one of these sites listed their uh, top 10, well, I guess it'd be low 10 receiver cores in the NFL. So the 10, what they consider the 10 worst uh, sure. of the one, two, just the one, two, three, the starting three receivers. Believe it or not, I'm sure Both you will have to be down there. All four of these teams in this division, four of the 10 worst receiving units were all in this division, including That's the fair. Colts. I was surprised by the Colts. When I looked at the other ones, I was like, yeah, this all makes sense. I didn't, I didn't really buy it. But when I started looking at other teams, I was like, eh, I guess you could make the argument for this because none of them have exactly blown up. Pittman had the one really good year, but Pierce is a rookie. Campbell's one of the biggest busts oh, in the league. Dude. He's played 15 games in three seasons. Yeah, so he hasn't even he has so not played sense. a full season in all of his seasons combined. And they're just names that you expect more from, but just haven't really given it to us. These other ones, these other teams, it's like, wow, this is really the best you could come with. Who are your GMs and why is it not me? It was, it's just, <laughs> it's, so, it's so freaking bizarre. I hear you. Um, but I, I, I don't think Pivot will have a bad year, but I can't put him in the top 10. But, hey, never know. You're going to look like a genius. So, I guess here's what I would ask you. Where, where is he? 16 going 42, so mid-fourth round. How far are you going to reach to make sure he's on your team? I want him in the third all day long. Do, so do, you're going to reach a full round. You're that confident in him that you're going to reach a full round? Yeah, it, it depends on – you know, who I get in round one and two, for sure. I mean, if I go RB, RB. Well, obviously, we I, adapt as we go through, but. I absolutely want him. If I go RB, RB, 100%. I want, dude, I want him regardless, man. I really think he's going to have a great year. So, do you ever yeah. feel as though sitting here and telling all your league mates what you're going to do, it could be a hindrance? It, it is. Listen, I've, I I had a podcast previous years, and uh, – I did one league and I posted about it and, you know, this is who I drafted here and there and blah, blah, blah. And then starting from the sixth round on, after I posted about my league of record, this other league I was in, there were three dudes who just bang, 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 bang. Every single round after the fifth round, they started taking my guys. All the guys I was drafting earlier than consensus, they just jumped all over. I got, I got no one. And look, it's a it's a risk you take, but I like doing this, man. I like talking about. I'm trying to help the people that are listening, right? I'm trying to help the listeners, the all that people. stuff. <laughs> so, listen, it's it's all good. I'm just asking. Just it's asking. a detriment to my personal fantasy teams. I get it. It's all right. It's all right. Well, maybe somebody will grab him in the second round then before you get a chance. Well. Maybe people will draft these guys that I don't really care about, and that's the Jacksonville wide receivers like Christian Kirk. He's their number one guy wow. that surely doesn't feel what like a, a nightmare. One. He's 5'11", 200 pounds. He's never been a wide receiver one before. He's never had more than 77 catches. He's never had more than 1,000 yards in a season. He's never had more than six touchdowns. And even when DeAndre Hopkins missed time last year, he never he only averaged 63 receiving yards a game. He's currently wide receiver 44, which is a wide receiver four in terms of fantasy, and I'm okay with that. I wouldn't be okay with it if I was a, if I was a Jacksonville fan. 
But the it's it's ironic that Kirk is a jag because he is in fact just a guy. I played him last year in a game. I forget it was against San Francisco. It's now somebody that he had um, a long, I think a fairly long touchdown. I mean, you know, he had a really good game in the once and done. I got really lucky that he scored. Um, yeah, I can't trust this guy. What, how, why they gave him that contract? Why not just save your money and try to get Beckham down there? I'd rather give him extra money over this. Very odd. Marvin Jones, again, is hit or miss as there is, as feast or famine as there is a receiver in the league. Zay Jones, pointless. I mean, you could make the argument their best, most at least explosive receiver is Chenault, and now he's relegated to a backup role. He's the only one outside of Christian Kirk I care about. And it's just it's simply because of what I know he's capable. Of. Exactly. You never know. He might take any ball right. to the house. Not the best route runner, doesn't catch everything. But as far as an explosive guy on the field, he's probably the most explosive guy they have on their team. But he's barely going to play now. Special team for now on. But, I tell yeah. you what, though. Uh, listen, Doug Peterson in Philly. Zach Ertz was a fantasy. He was fantasy relevant. Dallas Goddard, fantasy relevant. He who shall not be named, yeah. will he be fantasy relevant in that Jacksonville? Is I, such a stupid question. Of course Dude, he won't. I moved him terrible. Up. I moved him up my right Terrible. To what? 39? No. No, dude, because I am a glutton for punishment. He can't catch. He who, he who shall not be named is my tight end he 15. Can't, he can't catch. <laughs> How's he going to be 15 or in a peewee league? What are you talking about? You could hand the guy the ball and it still ends up on the ground. He's the proverbial can't catch a cold. The dude can't catch anything. Half the time he doesn't even try. He's a, he's one of the few tight ends in a league that avoids contact. If he's going to do it, it's this year with Doug Peterson. Well, I buy that, but I 15, can't wait to okay? he's out of the league, so I don't even have to think about him anymore. Let's be for real. He's my, he's my tight end 15, so come on. I am being for I'm real. not going to draft it. It's ridiculous. I love you it. You should be ashamed of yourself right now. What is what it. is going on with you tonight? The fact that you're so fired up makes me feel so good inside. You drink a whole whole bottle of monkey shoulder or something. Well, what are you doing? I'm moving on to, to, <laughs> to the Tennessee Titans. This is mind-boggling. What is happening here? Who do you think their wide receiver one is going to be? It's got to be Woods if he's healthy enough. Honestly, I think it is. And I also think that the AFC South may be the most underappreciated division with Brandon Cooks, Ryan Tannehill, James Robinson, Robert Woods. All these guys always outperform what we, the analysts, but think of yeah, them. But they're just cast-offs. All uh, cast-offs. They are. Listen. Now, that being said, it might be a tough year for Woods, but he may end up being the wide receiver one for this Titans team. In real life, I think he's better as a wide receiver, too. Uh, but Traylon Burks has been struggling, so we're going to see how it pans out. Um, unfortunately for all Tennessee pass catchers, they were 25th in the league in pass attempts, so there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunities to go around. But unless one of these guys has <clears throat> A.J. Brown-like efficiency, which is not going to happen, it's going to be tough to produce in this offense. So, of, of these three guys, as I want 
to With like Burks them. or NWI. I think I wouldn't be surprised if any one of them is the number one receiver for the team at the end of the year. I really yeah, wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised right. if it's in dubs. I wouldn't I don't be surprised think it's if it's Austin Hooper. I don't think it's going to be Westbrook or King. I don't think it will, but it wouldn't surprise me. I don't, none of these guys inspire uh, confidence to, with me. I, it's, it's just going to be the Derrick Henry show unless he gets hurt. And after that, we'll just sort of see week to week what happens here. I think that kills me the most is that Traylon Burks was, uh, I don't know where you had him, but he was my number one receiver coming out. And then as soon as they traded AJ Brown, I thought, oh my gosh, they traded AJ Brown, they drafted Traylon Burks. This is great. But there's been nothing but bad things said about Traylon Burks since they got him with the asthma and picking up the offense. Yeah. I had him hopefully, hope, hopefully he overcomes all of that. But we'll see, man. We'll see. I mean, he's got the potential and the talent. I mean, this dude was wide open every single game in Always. the SEC. There's the first thing. When you first were talking to me about the him. SEC corners, man. He was back, wide open. Yeah. Always. You were talking to me about him in the winter. I'm like, well, I haven't really looked much on him. And then I did. And I remember calling you back later that day or the next morning. I was like, I don't know that I've seen anybody in the NCAA more wide open on every single route than this guy and again Insane. that was the big thing that surprised us he's not playing no names they're playing in the sec right. and this dude's just like a terrible quarterback the fastest man on earth the quickest he's run the greatest routes as he had possessed all this and he would catch and then he'd take it to the house but i had him at five um yeah he has a look a bit dude it's, it's the preseason of his rookie year i can't buy too much into that crap yet he might come out here and I'm, I'm but he also it. might totally be a complete bust i think if if i think getting rid of aj brown and bringing him in man i hope that works out for them but that uh well they left the like like seinfeld left an awful big matzo ball out there if that doesn't pan out they're gonna look like terrible true. fools you got anything else i mean austin hooper he look he's a he's a low-end tight end late round yeah. flyer if you punt the position you could take him yeah, it doesn't matter Tannehill likes throwing a tight end so yeah, he's a guy shouldn't be starving. He might be like a backup. Sure. Anything else for you, sir? Not as far as these teams. I mean, they're they're teams that <laughs> if, if if you're taking players on these teams, just good luck. Just take uh, them. Just take them where you feel they need to go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, folks. Thank you all for listening. If you have any questions, please shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter. We'll answer them. We do it every week. Uh, our tunes are by Flatline, and make sure you check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at GYBR underscore podcast. Again, it's at GYBR underscore podcast. Like, subscribe, do all the fun things. Kevin, been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. See you in a week. Peace out, buddy.